Hi everyone, it's Kirk here from the Man United Forum podcast. Um, I'm here today with a few of the other admins and Darren McCumsky. Uh, John O. Murray's decided to join us for this one. And Ted's here with me again. Um, I hope you're all keeping uh, safe and sound and kind of taking over with work and your family and friends are all safe uh, through these pretty uncertain times. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to thank John Sweeney and Ted for uh, kind of motivating me to do this podcast. We talked about discussing former United players and I think the most logical starting point for all of us and our generation um, will be a podcast on Wayne Rooney. I said to the boys here just before I press record, I've done a ton of research between last night and this morning leading right up to pretty much pressing record here um, on Wayne Rooney and just trying to compile all this, this different information about Rooney's career and trying to get it all together. So what we're going to do, we're actually going to spread this out over two podcasts. Today we're going to start off with his early career from his uh, start out with Everton, the, the youth teams there and leading up to his debut. Of course that, uh, the, the goal against Arsenal which kind of took his career to a completely different spectrum leading up to then his signing, the record signing uh, going to Man United and all the way up to 2008 where he won the Champions League with us of course in the Premier League as well doing the double in 2008. Part two will kind of go into the other side of us, um, of his career, there's maybe a little bit of a downfall many will argue then uh, we saw kind of ups and downs between you know uh, 2009 up to when he left us then more recently in 2016 I think it was, 2017 and we'll kind of cover absolutely everything that we can here but I'm going to bring the guys in here and see how they're all keeping anyway um, How you all doing guys? How's things? How you doing? Not too bad, how are you? Oh, I'm good, keeping well, enjoying the sun here Long made last How you doing Kirky? How's it going there? Not how's... too bad man Good, Jono, how's things? Good stuff. Look what we're going to do. We're going to get straight into this. I said that I was going to read off kind of like a little um, career prospectus, if you will, for Wayne and kind of taking it straight from his early days. Uh, going back to Everton there. I'm going to literally kind of bullet point a few things here and kind of bring us and kind of get the conversation started. It's because we're obviously United fans here. The, the, the foundation of this discussion is going to be on his time here from Man United forward. But uh, I'll start off. So he he joined Everton at nine years of age, and straight away he set in uh, multiple scoring records at schoolboy level. Uh, many of them are still kind of in contact today. Some of them have been broken. Uh, by age 15, he's starting to play for the under 19s for Everton. He's already well developed in the head um, of many other players of a similar age. In the 2002 FA Youth Cup, he plays eight games, scores eight goals. Uh, one of the goals was in the final against Aston Villa, I believe it was, in 2002. He starts getting uh, his name involved with the, the first team there then with Everton. And he's actually an unused sub in a match against Southampton in April 2002. Um, he continues to kind of develop from there with David Moyes as manager. And they involve him in the pre-season tour. Um, in the summer in 2002 as well and he scores his first senior goal on that tour um, in the summer of 2002. He makes his debut then shortly thereafter in August of 2002 and that makes him the second youngest debutant for Everton in their club's history. A uh, little thing that kind of goes under the, the radar here with Rooney, we all kind of think back to that incredible goal that he scored against Arsenal in the league. 
I believe it was in September, or it was October actually, sorry, in October of 2002, but he actually scored his first Everton goals before that, a few weeks prior, um, in the League Cup, a brace against Re uh, Wrexham. So they were actually his first full senior competitive goals for Everton. It was on the 1st of October 2002. As I mentioned there, then, the, the big moment for him that arises and puts him onto the scene is that cracking goal against Arsenal in October 2002 um, from just outside the box curls it in absolutely cracking goal um, he scores another goal then a few weeks later then against Leeds He's, uh, his name gets dropped into the BBC Sports Personality of the Year award for 2002 he picks up that award believe it or not and about a week later again then he scores against Blackburn and continues on throughout the season he obviously at that age he was only 18 I think he was and you know he kind of went into fits of form um, but I know John O will probably say that kind of continued on throughout his whole career but we'll get into that as the podcast goes on but he ends that first uh, full season with 8 goals and 37 full appearances he goes into the second season um, then with Everton he scores his first goal of that season in August but again what I've just touched on there he doesn't score another goal then until December of 2003 um, he gets his first England goal actually in September of 2003 uh, July 2004, he's named in England's Euro 2004 squad. It takes him a couple of games, I believe it is. Uh, my mind, my memory's a little bit sketchy, but he does end up scoring four goals for England in the Euro 2004. It's two against Croatia and two against Switzerland. Um, he's completely propelled onto another level at this point. The boy wonder, um, the boy Pele, they're calling them at this point. Uh, the next big thing, basically. And... At that point, he believes he's good enough to take that step up. The transfer rumours start to swell around him, and both Man United and Newcastle are having a bit of a, a bit of a transfer war, if you will, trying to get him to sign. And he believes, as I say, that he's good enough to take that next step up. And he actually hands in a written transfer request. That's the first of three potentially transfer requests within his career. But again, we'll touch on all that over the next hour or two when we discuss Wayne. But um, I suppose I'll, I'll let you guys kind of take over from there. How did you feel then, if you can remember back to 2004? What were your initial thoughts about Rooney at that point? You'd seen him play roughly about two full seasons of football. Got a sum, summer tournament in as well at Euro 2004 for England. Um, what were your initial thoughts about him then and when we were linked with him? And of course then, with such a big fee as well, there was talk of him going for a world uh, record free for a teenager at that point. So who wants to take over from there? Yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a bite there, Perky. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, I was obviously delighted we were getting him in. Um, when you're competing with other clubs to sign top talent around, it's it's always a good thing, you know? Mm. Um, he'd done well at Everton, but as you're saying, his numbers don't suggest like we know what he is at that stage. Mm. And that's probably the slight concern. What is he going to be? Yes, you know, he broke scoring records in the underage levels, but... You know, he was never, he was never at Everton. You know, he, he's kind of like that river over player. You know, he always mm. looks like he's taking a free kick, he's taking a throw in. He's like a kid trying to do everything on his own. Yeah. You know, in the in the schoolyard, and uh, and I think like that's that stuck with him for a lot of his, a lot of his career. Yeah. Um, which I love personally, but I know like we we have Fergie then down the line telling him you know you've got to be a more selfish and you've got to do a little less work and get a few more goals and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I was absolutely 
Um, I'm fairly sure I went and got the name and number on the jersey at the time. <laughs> he was number eight. He I came was, in as number I, eight. Yeah, yeah. I was I was that happy about it, you know. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, was, there was a lot of excitement around him. There was a lot of hype, and I I kind of bought into that, but a little bit of skepticism, as in wasn't sure what we were actually buying. Did 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 you, you recall know? him? handing in the written transfer request I completely forgot about no, that until I, I started doing all this again actually. and I started googling the stories about it and there's some kind of crazy ones he's given some interviews more recently saying that he he went in and he had the conversation with Moyes at the time and he, he felt that he was good enough and it was actually Moyes that basically advised him he said look if you want to leave here you're gonna to have to put in a, tran- a written request so he, I, this is in his own words there's quotes out there from from Wayne saying that he went straight out the room, went down to the canteen on the training site, scribbled it down on a piece of paper, went straight back to the office to Dave Moy said, here, there you go, I want out. You know, United are rumoured to be interested in me. I want to move on to that next level. I proved it during the summer there the last couple of weeks with England. It's my time now to step up. I just don't believe Everton are going to be competitive to that same level. Um, and you think about transfer requests now, and it's an absolute no-no with any club and any player. When you hear that with players now, it's like, no. But I think that one kind of went underneath the spotlight a little bit and anybody got any feelings on that it probably didn't go under the radar at Everton it didn't no it didn't and I'm going to touch on that as well it didn't with Everton and he went and he got a lot of hassle and a lot of heat in the games that followed in the the three four seasons after that and it leads up to I remember at one stage Fergie was going to leave him out of games going to Everton yes and it was was getting so bad Yes, and, and I have that in my notes as well, that there's a particular game in yeah. the 06-07 season, I think it is, where we were 2-0 down, and he comes along and Ryder right over stuff again, as you say. He scores yeah. the goal that puts us into the lead. We're 2-0 down, we came back to 2 all, and I think it was in the 79th minute. He pops up with a goal, and then he sets up the absolute winner. I think it was Chris Eagles then, I think it was, to make Chris it 4-2. Chris Eagles was 4-2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and he went and kissed the badge. He ran up between the Everton, the corner, the Everton and the United fans and he kissed the badge and all hell just broke loose like and there was uproar yeah. about that. Um, any kind of early thoughts about that kind of career at that time, John? The funniest was he was actually wearing a once a blue, always a blue t-shirt as well. Mm. Like at times when we played Everton and that was, I think he was wearing a pre-match and shit like that mm. as a, a means to still ingratiate himself with the Everton fan base but like the interesting thing about it was that when he was leaving Ar- er, Everton excuse me there was the whole kerfuffle from Newcastle as well that he rejected the move flat out mm. I think for a lot of the fans when we bought Rooney because I, I think and you might have in your notes mm. he'd become the youngest England goal scorer at a major tournament yeah. at that Euros yeah. and it was the summer that Jose had arrived at Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, believe so. Four yeah. Four. So like, you also had that aspect of United where like started getting out for a lot of fans. Mm. Obviously, we'd Ronaldo already there as a youngster, but mm. was one one of those boys where you were sort of going, "All oh, right, we're still like we're still in this because." Arsenal yeah. were at that point the Invincibles as well weren't they yeah, yeah. that's why I think why his goal against them kind of just brought him onto a whole different spectrum like the goals against Wrexham that he scored obviously Wrexham nah it's Wrexham no offence but when you, the goal that he actually scored in the 91st 92nd minute against Arsenal ended their 30 game unbeaten run and I think that's what just did it it just 
brought him off to another stratosphere completely at that point and then getting the sports personality of the year and then the England tournament then a few months later, eight, nine months later then. And was like I suppose with the fee attached to it, it, it screamed kind of a standard big name Man United signing at that time. We always kind of took a player, for, uh, an overperforming player from a mid-table team that's what Fergie always kind of did. Look, he likes it. Likes it. Dwight York and York. Um, yeah, Cole. Cole was another one as well. And we paid record fees. Yeah, we always paid big fees, and you know it kind of fit into that mold. It felt right in many senses, but he still was very much obviously at that at his age, eighteen. Like it was a huge well, fee to pay. Fergie's modus operandi with the budget you might have had, and like obviously now these days we talk about you know being such a commercial club, but we were even then back then club that was the span mm. we didn't need one rich owner to actually go and do it and that was that was always the difference that we saw with say a Blackburn or a Newcastle that might have popped up that it was a project for the love of the club until the money started to be a bit of a question mark and then you see them drop away where as for us we'd actually structured the club in such a way that when we became a PLC that we were always looking for those opportunities and deals mm. and players like Rooney where there was a potential large upside sort of fit the mould that we would actually target the same way as Rude a couple of years beforehand mm. was like a year after this knee injury that stopped us playing them earlier but it was always that like we were always willing to spend on those players that had large upsides mm. and had a fair amount of their career it was rare for us to go and spend on Say like in later years of Van Persie or somewhere, we are spending twenty million on a twenty-nine year old or whatever he wants at that point. Yeah, where we did. We we were we were kind of like the um, you know the chip leader at a poker table. We kind of bully clubs a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. But we had the um, you know, as John said, uh, the special one was only just arriving at that point, and. And, Although we, and we faltered did, they, a little they, bit. They had a huge outlay. Yeah. They had a huge outlay on players that season. I think yeah. they got seven in the door, maybe. Mm. We still had that strong power as a club, though. We very much did at that point, you know, and it was easy for us, I suppose, in that sense. If we're off coughing up the money, we still had that drawn power, and, you know, it was very easy. I think another year or two down the line, maybe with Jose running rampant with his Chelsea, it might have been a little bit more difficult, but I think it was the right thing to do at that point. Is there anything you kind of remember about that at all, Ted, or kind of anything you'd like to throw in? Yeah, when when we were signing Rooney, I was, uh, as you said, like he hadn't really lit up the seasons or anything at Everton. He had the big goal against Arsenal to end their undefeated run, but it was, it was the Euros, I think, that really... Mm. he stepped up and showed why he could be and that, that's happened like quite a few times you'll have a player that steps up at a major international tournament and that really shows that they're ready to make that step up so he like he, he had a really good Euros tournament and mm. he'd had you know he wasn't bad in the Everton side like not a good Everton side either like so it was quite a poor team around that time yeah, yeah and noise. I mean he was he was 16 17 at that at that time as well mm. so he's still quite young mm. and that's that's something that we've kind of doesn't really happen now like because unfortunately like the class of 92 kind of got rid of the idea that you know you have to let young players develop because Mm. well well, if they're young enough if they're good enough they're old enough became a thing that's not always the case like and it's kind of happened to Rashford a bit now people expect massive massive things from even though he's so young Mm. um and thankfully just like Ole has decided that Greenwood he's not going to put that pressure on Greenwood and Mm. you can let him build up let him become 
what he's meant to be in four, in two, three years' time. Like, don't expect it all from him now, which is what kind of happened to Rooney. He was at Everton, so he was kind of in a spotlight, wasn't on him as much, so he was allowed to develop a little bit. And then two or three years of top-level performances, at a, like in the top league, to play against top teams, and it had showed. And, he, mm. and then we, we decided we were going to sign him. He handed in his transfer request because... He said that there was no question when he heard United were interested, he wanted mm. to play under the, the greatest yeah. manager of all time. Yeah. And like I don't think there's any dispute in who the greatest manager of all time is, or mm. definitely not of this generation anyway. Mm. Even I'd say Cruyff maybe, but like mm. in this generation it's it's Fergie all day. Yeah. And he wanted to play under him. And why wouldn't you? Like we were United were still a top club at the time. And if they'd shown interest in you, why wouldn't you go there? Definitely. So he made a decision to come and I, I think he made the right decision and I think telling Everton he wanted to leave you know, fuck him like he was never going to win anything there he was always just going to be a big fish in his... it was, it was I think what he was saying was honest like as, as, yeah, as like bitter as bitter as a pill as it was I think it was it, it was true what he was saying like he wasn't going to step up he was not going to win leagues with Everton he might have no, won a cup they, maybe they were maybe never, um, no, they'd, they'd never have won that in major and mm. for a player like him who yeah at the time like he was he was still an unknown quantity he was still an unknown how good he would be or what is career if you don't take if, like you're not willing to take that gamble on yourself then mm. no one else is going to take it on you so he forced through I don't, I don't say he forced through because he didn't force through he just handed in a request mm. and then United came chasing and they offered big money and Everton were never going to turn down that yeah. sort of money for him so yeah we got it done quite late I don't know I can't quite remember the exact day so I know we always get things very, done quite late yeah it was very late in August and was, what you going to say it was August alright yeah yeah it was very late and I, I don't yeah. know exactly uh, what happened between that sign and, and then his debut didn't actually come until the 28th of September I can't quite remember mine's a bit foggy maybe somebody wants to kind of fill me in there because I know it was quite late late, late, uh, late August that he signed was I think there was a suspension and then I think there was yeah. just that we ah, had okay, okay, okay. I think we also had players just that were ahead of them in pecking order at the time right I, from, what I, from what I remember I think we played two league games before the Champions League game maybe and I think he was suspended right right I, I honestly can't quite remember now I know it was quite late I you with the Champions League because it meant then someone else was going to play the league game, if you know what I mean. Yes, and we'll move straight on to that then, the uh, the debut. Any kind of thoughts? Can you remember back? I remember it quite well. I, I sat at home watching it, so I still... Um, I was watching it at home, having a few beers, and geez, any doubts that I had, and then to see what he did that night, and he just absolutely tore them a new one. That was, it, to my mind, somebody posted it on the forum about a week or so back. And they asked, yeah. where would you rate us in terms of quality of hat-tricks? It was fantastic. It really was. I watched them again just before this podcast as well. All three goals were very well taken. They really were. It was like the stage with Sephiroth. The way mm. he did it. You know, came in, little shrug of the shoulders. The first goal was a great finish. Mm. You know, it's a really good finish. The second goal, he left the ball go across him. And he and got him at the, the far side. Yeah, yeah. And then the third for the hat trick is the free kick. Free kick, yeah. And you're just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. the kid's only, you know, 18 at that stage or whatever he is. It's very Ryder Rovers again. Wow. It's an apt term, isn't it? Yeah. Very much so. It seemed, and oh, it, like, you look at the Arsenal game, he comes on or whatever, he scores the late winner and. You know, all these seem, things seem to be set up for him at that point. All, all the domino, like everything was all just lining up. Everything was coming up. Millhouse from, you know, at that point basically. 
you couldn't do any wrong. Like I remember watching that game and I was like blown away, absolutely blown away. It was incredible. It really was. Anything to add? It's, it's the funniest thing with Rooney is that like I think we've had this in the conversation before on the line on the mm. You remember moments with him that like just stick because he does something special. Mm. And like he had he has so many of those whether it was like goals or like just his performances on the night where he could put a shift in. Mm. The strange thing with him is that like if you like had seen that night against Fenerbahce and you then went, he's not going to score in the Champions League again for the rest of the season. Mm. You wouldn't have thought it, but that was what occurred, and that that was one of those things that I always found as um, a weird thing with Rooney. That like when it came to the big moments, fucking hell, he could be a parent language. I don't know it. Nah, you're good. <laughs> no, jeez. Here, we're effing and blind in the last few anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it, it's one of those that, like, he could be one of the big games and then be anonymous. And, like, at the end of his career, it probably turned into the opposite. But, like, it, it, that, it, that's it, one of the biggest frustrations I ever had with Ruben as a player was that you would see those moments where he was unstoppable mm. and then he disappear off the face of the earth I saw a great term uh, firm just before pressing the court here as well from Red Cafe and I think it's very very apt mercurial I think that is a great word to describe him he was either on it and when he was on it he was basically fucking un- unplayable at times and if he just wasn't with it you know just that was it you know you weren't getting much of anything from from, from Rooney at all and I do very um, much agree sorry go on go ahead Ted yeah I, I don't know like his debut was brilliant and I think some players it's like it's just written it is written in the stars that they had this mm. ma- magnificent debut like Martial is a, it's yeah. a great comparison he comes in and everyone's like oh he's this young kid we've spent all this money on him is he going to be worth it is he not and then ah, it's a magnificent debut and you think right he's going to kick on from there now Rooney didn't score any more in the Champions League but he still had a decent season for us that year like we had a poor season that year overall though I was going to add that in like his debut season there and I, and I don't blame it on him at all I don't want anybody you know going on to the comments or anything like that say, say that again John we lost Ruud for most of the season if I remember right that year didn't he get I, injured I he think so yeah we just had a really bad season like you know I have a kind of I know, o- o- overall we had a bad season but I don't think Rooney had a particularly bad season like he had a decent enough season he done all right. Like when you think about, it, I have it here. Like so, we finished third in the league. We were runners up in the FA Cup. I think it was Chelsea that beat us. I think it was. I can't quite remember. Uh, Champions League. We made it out at the knockout stage, but then went out at the round of sixteen. And Rooney was our top scorer. Um, and this is incredible to say. Like he was our top scorer with only eleven league goals and then seventeen in all competitions. Now, as John says, I believe a big part of that then was that uh, Rude had a few injuries around uh, throughout that season and just overall. I actually don't. So it's kind of weird I don't remember a whole lot about that season obviously the highlight was the Fenerbahce game the debut and there was obviously other things along the way yeah like it, it was a forgettable season overall but like mm. in terms of someone a young 18 year old's first season at a, at a huge club like it's a big step up I don't mm. think Rooney had like you said he's, he was top goal scorer and stuff but I think that even the games where Rooney isn't the headline isn't the 
you know, the main event of the show. Mm. I do think that he always puts in a shift. Like, uh, there's... And don't get me you wrong, like, I think you're actually, you are right to agree to say that he had a good season because because of his, his age and and taking that step up from Everton to United is absolutely huge. So on the back of that individually, I have it wrote down here as well, and I can remember that he did win the PFA Young Player of the Year that year, and he actually also won the uh, the FIFA Golden Boy uh, Award as well, now probably a lesser known award, but he was still, you know, individually shown moments of brilliance and... I don't think the, the full onus was on him at that point anyway, because he was still... What, no, 18, no, it was still, still, so. still meant to be on route. But you were saying like that you kind of feel that sometimes he's he's on it or he's not. And I think like that that's an, that's an argument that's made for Martial a lot, mm. where Martial is either on it or he's not. Yeah. But I think with Rooney, he was always on it. Mm. The one scoring goals. Like, when I think of he's on it or he's not, I think of Martial, where there's games where like the guy is literally does absolutely nothing he's not chasing back he's not defending he's not pushing those around him to do any better he's just not there like you like you could you take him off and it probably wouldn't make that much of a difference mm. whereas with Rooney I think even in those games where he wasn't the headliner he was doing off the ball work he was doing so much for the team that I think that I think that sometimes gets overlooked because you, you think about him as you know a record goal scorer and all this but I think the biggest things Rooney had was and to, to his detriment at times was how much work he actually did put in mm. and as, as we said earlier Fergie sometimes told him like you need to stop like you, you're doing way too much mm. and I think I think that he, I don't think he could I think that was the problem that he just could not help but give everything for the team like the over enthusiastic uh, schoolboy as you say trying to do everything for the whole team um, John you're trying to get in there are you? Sorry, lads. Um, that's yeah. part of the problem that Rooney had throughout his career and mm. even later days whenever he was the fourth man forward he'd find himself out of position because he'd go chasing the ball 40 yards down the pitch so if he had a counter attack he was sometimes he'd get back there mm. but that also was something that hurt his game ultimately as well as a forward and then like is probably one of the reasons that he never truly got a couple of seasons in a row where he was first choice is annoying Mm. Because he would yeah. do things like that, and look, it's none against him. His work rate was phenomenal. Like mm. there's, there's no ifs, buts, or maybes about it. The bloke put in a hell of a lot of effort. I think but that sometimes there was that exertion was like wasted. I it, it, like it started as it's actually a perfect phrase to call Roy the Robert. Mm. It like it's those sort of things that I clung to when they were. Talking about him in later years, it's like, oh, you still see him make those early charges down the ball. Mm. Well, like, how much of that was wasted energy where it may have then suffered with, like, in the business end of the pitch where he needed to be? Mm. It's it's stuff that would have endeared him to fans. Yes. But maybe not have, have given him the return that he, you know, he should have had. Mm. Um, like, again, I was looking at stats last night and I think it was twice. He scored over 30. He scored 34 twice. Yeah. Um, and we would have been playing probably 50 games a season. Mm. You know, with, with Cups and Champions Leagues and stuff like that. And he never, ever got anywhere close to the likes of the figures that Ronaldo mm. or Messi was able to. Mm. And even though you would have maybe spoken about him in that bracket, he was a very he was a very different kind of player than the lads. You know, mm. uh, obviously the two boys were great. It's fantastic. They never worked 
like Rooney worked. Mm. He was, for me, the ultimate winner. Everything was about winning. Mm. And it didn't necessarily mean it had to be a Rooney goal that won it. It just had to be enough to get over the line. Mm. You know, he was, the, he, was the, he was the kid in the schoolyard that did not want to lose a game of ball, ever. Okay. Um, and that that was definitely too definite for for me, you know. Okay. So something that's going to touch on as well. I don't I don't know if you guys will remember much of it or anything. Um, but with his transfer from Everton to United, there was a whole legal wranglings kind of that went on. Um, and his agent Paul Stratford, um, not dragged out over a course of about three se- three seasons. I think it was. I think it was finalised in two thousand and eight. And uh, I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I kind of had a brief kind of overview of it as well. Obviously, it didn't affect his football or anything like that. But there, there was a lot of stories and tabloids at that point as well. And it was around this time then when he joined United. I think they had the whole stories then with the, the granny shaggers and all this and the prostitutes and all that came out and massage parlours and everything else. And he, he seemed to have that side to him as well, the bad boy type thing, if you want to call it that. And although it was still there, even at that point in round of four, and, and kind of going onward to start to kind of pick up from there with the big move to United, the tabloids eat this shit up, especially United players. Um, it didn't affect his game, and he was still performing. You know, okay, fair enough, he wasn't, as John said in a private message earlier on, uh, on on Facebook to us, he was never the greatest goal scorer. He still was a fantastic player. He endeared himself with his work rate, his efforts. You know, on the pitch, and that never affected. However, then later on in his career, it did. But we'll get into that later on. I don't know if any of you remember anything about that, the legal wranglings or anything like that with Paul Stratford or anything. No, I wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't really have kept up with that. I kind of ignore mm. most of that. I I don't care about the players' personal lives overly much, other like unless it affects on the field, like it is. You know. Uh, that's where my frustration came in in the later years and a lot of people I suppose it's just unfortunate that I set up the group in 2015 and obviously after a few years of you know all this off the pitch shenanigans and he was just acting an absolute fucking clown he was and then the performances just weren't where they were you know say five years previous or eight years nine years previous you know kind of from around 05 06 obviously he physically didn't have the same abilities because of the injuries and stuff like that and he didn't look after himself and that's where the frustration came but i'm kind of getting ahead of myself there but i thought i'd kind of throw it in but there was a court case that ran on and on and there was all talk in the tabloids that um, liverpool gangsters were involved in this and his agent actually got banned for 18 months, but then he kept on, he went and appealed it, and then he got it down to nine months. And he stuck with him, in fairness, Rooney did, uh, your man Paul Strafford, and that kind of built up to the 2010 transfer, uh, the second transfer request that he puts in. But I'm getting kind of getting ahead of myself there anyway at the moment. But anyway, I, I just I didn't know if any of you guys were Stratford, familiar with it. Stratford had, yeah, Stratford had worked for the management company that Rooney was signed with. That's it, exactly, yeah. And then was... They was broke off. They had trying to go out on his own. They broke off separately. Yeah. I mean, he had the golden goose. Yeah, that's so he it. He took the golden goose. Very dirty Maguire. <laughs> yeah, he took the golden goose and, and he didn't really, you know, um, I think, it was it IMG they were with? I can't remember who it was. I think it could, you could be right on that, all right. He basically took the golden it goose and it was followed. IMG from what I remember. But Stretford was taking him offside to, yeah. to basically start up his own gig. He knew he had Rooney in the bank. He made uh, big, big money off that, yeah. For him, and he was, he was gold. And you know, like, so it was a clever move from Stratford. Oh no, it totally was. Don't get me wrong. Like he took the golden goose from that 
portfolio of players and on the back of that from the Rooney signing he made the biggest fee for an agent at that point a million and then a further half million depending on bonuses and whatever else like over the course of that first deal that he did but yeah I was just kind of reading a little bit up there and ironically the guy that wrote the book on it believe it or not his name's John Sweeney <laughs> there's a whole book out there about it um, but anyway we'll move on so he goes into his second season anyway um, for 05, 06 and he's a little bit slow from what I can remember kind of getting that season going and he I think he injured himself I think it was on the on the opening day of the season and he went then 10 games say that again he break his metatarsal or something like that's that. right yeah in the opening the game of the season and he went then 10 games and it's a hard, it seems to be a recurring thing that poxy bleeding metatarsal for him it happened to him two or three times I think it was I think he did it three times the same one uh, no, uh, he, he did one in each foot. I did two. Uh, on did. One, I think it was on the right foot. He did it he twice. Did yeah. I had to have this uh, this image of him. I don't know if you remember with the World Cup with England. And yeah. He was sweating on his fitness, and I just remember him. He was uh, he, he was on like a trampoline. It was a small trampoline, you know, like a one person trampoline. Yeah, he yeah. Bouncing on the thing, and he was like passing the ball back to somebody. And, it, and this was whether in camp. I think it was South Africa. Was it two thousand two? Uh, no, it was actually later. No, sorry, it was a 2006. Was it was oh, sorry. Yeah, the 2006. Yeah. So he did it actually on the uh, the opening yeah. game of the season against Reading. It was let's have it here now, and um, he missed a few games. Uh, then he went on a barren, uh, scoreless run. Came back, started scoring a few goals. Um, he actually comes back then when he does score again. It's what we're on about, like the fits and the bursts. When he does finally score after ten games, it's a hat trick against Bolton. Um, but then he kind of bounces back then he starts finding his form his fitness in the second half of the season and he ends up scoring 15 goals between January and May and uh, this kind of leads up to the to the controversy then with Everton again because once a blue always a blue as John kind of said at the start of the podcast and all the games that we had against him at uh, Goodison he was being shielded he was being protected as, as was mentioned by Fergie but this one particular game the 4-2 he goes and just kind of makes things work for, worse for himself. He kisses the badge and he runs off in between the supporters, the United and the Everton supporters, and all hell bloody breaks loose. Um, any kind of standout moments from that season at all, guys? Or I, I think the, the real standout moment is probably that that causing all hell at Everton. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get why Everton fans would be annoyed. I, I don't get why players don't celebrate against their old club. I mean, if it, the club you played for, for you know. 10 years and you're in your like you know you've been sold on because you're too old to play for like you're not at that standard anymore you go to a smaller club mm. you score like so if you played for like Gary Neville or something you play for United for your whole career and then you do one year at like in West Ham or something and you happen to score a goal maybe don't you don't you decide not to celebrate because you have too much respect for the club I don't get this whole thing of I like I played for Everton for two years like two years in the main like in the yeah. main team, I went to United and I scored against you and I'm not going to celebrate why it's tribalism though like do you know what I mean like that's the way football is like you you, you pick your yeah, team why wouldn't, why, you know? I, I've never understood people being annoyed oh, I can't believe he celebrated against us why wouldn't he celebrate he's just scored a goal that's something you're meant to celebrate I t- so what I don't think it was more kind of the kissing of the badge I think that kind of you know you, you can celebrate if you want but I think it was more the kissing of the badge I think they saw it more uh, I'm, not, I'm not just saying for Rooney I'm just saying in general I oh no I know I know in that particular instance like, go, and, go and celebrate and like he kissed that because the Everton fans treated him like shit because he'd gone mm. to play for United yeah. so why would he give the, why should he show them any form of respect they didn't show him any 
Yeah, I'll just pull a point here. Sorry, um, I just kind of have my notes kind of laid out a little bit better here. So he he had a bit of a kind of stop start and kind of hit and miss season that year. He uh, he, get, he sees his first red kind of at the start of the season. Um, I don't know if you remember. He sarcastically clapped the referee and he got a second booking. Villarreal, Villarreal, yeah. And he goes two months without scoring. Then from December '05 to February '06. Uh, wins his first trophy that year in 05-06 with Wigan 4-0 in the League Cup final. He scores twice and he gets the man. Yeah, he got the man of the match award for that as well. He breaks his metatarsal then um, in April 06 um, against Chelsea. And the fucking goons uh, that are at the England camp are giving him all these weird treatments, as you mentioned. I remember vaguely that clip that you're on about there of him bouncing around yeah. on the trampoline. And he had him on the trampolines, yeah. And they had him in an oxygen tent or something like that as well to try and speed up the recovery and all. But um, oh five oh six. Cryogenics, the whole thing, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and he had a fucking shocking World Cup. So they rushed him back they'd to been, fitness. They'd have been much better leaving him at home. He was that bad. Yeah, so he. he well, Fer- Fergie, det- Fergie demanded that he get left at home. Ferguson mm. was really uh, like he said, "Do not bring him." And Sven Jorn Eriksson said, "I can't not bring him if I don't bring him." My head's already on a plate, no matter what happens. Yeah. Because he was he was the golden boy, like everyone. He was he was the future of England. He was this, he was that. And Ericsson had to bring him. But Fergie said at the time, he said, "Do not bring him. Like, the only thing you're gonna do is exacerbate that injury, and he's not gonna perform, which is just gonna, you know, mm. hurt you as well. Don't bring him." When yeah. he was brought, in in in, in Ericsson's defence, if he had to, unless yeah. he had to, he had yeah. to, unless you he. Unless he's hopping around on crutches, yeah, and and guys go, he can't play. If he's walking around, I mean, he couldn't walk around the street. And people said, "Why is he here? He's not injured. He's walking around." He said, "You know, like we see the thing with Pogba now. You know, mm. if the club says he's injured, uh, he's pictured walking down the road or he's dancing or he's doing something, and all of yeah. a sudden he's not injured. He's a cunt. Yeah. You're like, all right, lads, let's just walk back there a second. Yeah. You know, being being able to play ninety minutes, pivot, rotate, shift weight. Do all of the things like that. T- crunching tackles and all, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, have to, you have to think about these things. But Ericsson had to bring him. But oh, no, I, I agree, he had to bring him. They, they, they could have done without it. He was shocking. I well, think... I mean, I, he was injured. I don't think I don't think he added that to that team that year. And I think Ferguson was right. He should have been left at home. He was a detriment yeah, to that team because you had to... Put, you brought him, so you had to play him. And mm. the fact that he was injured and wasn't going to perform for you didn't matter. You had to play him because you brought him. If you just bitten the bullet at the start and said, right, leave him at home mm. and left him at home, let him heal up, let him like heal fully, and then you know if things go badly at the World Cup, which they did, you can at least say, well, it's because we didn't have Rooney, we'll and we'll have him at the next one. But mm. you see, oh. the other thing you have though is Fergie never had a great relationship with the FA. No, well, <laughs> you know, and, and and a lot of players, you've, you've heard Ferdinand come out since and say he used to tell us not to go. You yeah. know, it was a big game on Saturday, whatever. So, from Ericsson's point of view as well, he's England manager. He's got to try and say, listen, I'm not just going to bow down to what your man says. Now, whether that's pig iron or not, and he takes him and then realises actually he is cropped mm. at that stage. You know, he can't do the job. Like, there's another thing to... Sorry, go on there, John. There's another thing to remember in that World Cup squad specifically. Ericsson made the balls of it because he brought T.O. Walcott. That's right. Everyone remember that? He was still like a 17 year old at the time, hadn't kicked the ball very well. I vaguely yeah, right. remember that, yeah. I think. He what, gave up one of the squad positions. Yeah. Exactly. That was the thing, though. Like, to a kid that was never going to play. Yeah, but it, that was part of it. Like, you put an extra pressure on, you know, trying to have a quick look here and sleep, 
the other forwards they brought up was what Crouch and then who was like, obviously in his Newcastle days at that point. But um, like one one interesting thing, and it keeps cropping up when we think about Rooney, and I think it, it's something that I would have been thinking later in his career as well. But it did happen, obviously, a number of times for England, yet alone for us. He constantly seemed to try to cut short injuries, mm. and it may have been to his detriment over the years of his career. I don't but think that was not, him trying to do it. I think there was pressure on him. I think, especially with England, I think. I think that part of it is on. I think part of it is him as well, yeah. Because like, you why would you say it, that? You look at it. It goes into the later years again. But if you look even at the medical advice he got for the Bayern Munich matches, he was told under no circumstances to play. Mm. But he said, "I'll strap it up. It'd be grand." And all he could do was run in straight lines. Was took off twice. Mm. But it was just coincidence that was Bayern Munich. But both times was related to the ankle and. Like largely speaking, he never recovered from those injuries with his ankle. No, he, he definitely ankle. didn't. No. Like one great season, I think, after the first ankle ligament injury against Bayern, where he like raced back to try and get back within what was it, a ten day to one round or whatever. Yeah. And you were going, oh Jesus Christ! The like, here's one of our key men trying, like at the time where we were sort of tread there, trying to do this, and it, like there is a constant tread to his career. Mm. When get injured, arriving back earlier than what you would expect, and then his form suffered in those times as well. Mm. Like, it, like obviously, it's not. It's he, like, he was he was a guy that needed to be playing continuous football to get the level out of him that yeah. you would get, you know. Yeah. And and with that stop start nature, with him, you know, having an injury. Then he rushes himself back. Let's say the first four games back after the injury, mm. he's probably not fit. He's finding his feet. He needs an extra couple then. So that's also adding to those barren spells of maybe five, six, seven games without a goal. Mm. He gets the goal. The confidence comes back. He's got a few games under his belt, and all of a sudden, boom, you're back he's running again. again. I, I, you know? I actually made a bit of a mistake there. The um, the Reading injury was actually in 07, 08 at the start of the year. So the first one that he'd done his metatarsal in was actually in April 06, and it leads up to that World Cup situation. Yeah. And the pressure's on him. He rushes himself back. Um, is is a very was kind that a way, of was that a way at the bridge, wasn't it? it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's Paolo Ferreira would tackle. That's it? it exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think as well, just to kind of touch on the England thing as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he ha- as you said, Ericsson had to bring him. Um, it's pretty much a no-brainer. I think the thinking behind it was that we're going to leave him on the bench or give him minimal work, like an impact, or if we're really up against it, that's when we're going to throw him in. And he was putting the rest of the onus of the squad on on the rest of the squad to deliver. And they just simply fucking didn't because, as John said, they bought cabbages like fucking Walcott and whoever else. The squad just simply didn't but perform. Did. I mean, if he was talking about doing that with Rooney, they were talking, they were saying at the time about Walcott. You know, we're going to bring him. Because yeah. in four years' time, he's going to be the next big team. Yeah. And we want him to feel comfortable at this tournament. Mm. So if you knew Walcott wasn't going to play, and you knew Rooney wasn't fit enough that was only going to be able to do impact, that's mm. an awful lot of pressure to put on a bloke like Peter Crouch, who never had, you know, a scoring record. Yeah. To, you know, that was going to garner England going to win a World Cup on it. On the back of it, you know what I mean? It was... Wasn't they sort of put pressure on him as well? Wasn't that the World Cup that own fucking did his knee when he like twisted in the grass I like, think so I think so that was what finished off his Newcastle career practically yeah well I, th- I think I think um, 
I think Rooney played like more in that tournament than he was meant to have. Like, I do think he was brought with the idea of being, you know, an impact sub. But that's what I mean. Yeah, the other guys just simply didn't perform. Like there was so much pressure yeah. on him. Like, and that's why he felt probably he had to be back. He was the the guiding. You know, he was their hero. He was the Royal Rovers. They didn't have another player to but, put that pressure on and to deliver. Yeah, but when we talk about him trying to come back from injuries so soon, um, like there's a few players that you know you kind of talk about in. So like Rooney, I think kind of felt that if he didn't do it, nobody else would. So yeah. he had to be. And I remember it's, it's a it's a it's a quote from Roy Keane, and uh, it like it was in the that documentary they did with him and Vieira, mm. where they said, "Oh, Alex Ferguson said that you covered every blade of grass," and he was like, "Oh, well, what like what." that's a kind of an insult like I'm expected to do that and then yes yes that's what I should be expected to do and then I remember in one of his books Roy Keane um, one of the autobiographies about him there was a quote of him saying that you know if you don't feel that you're going to come onto that pitch and you're going to be the difference maker then you don't believe in yourself enough mm. so why should you why should you be on that spot and he said that any time he was ever sitting on a bench he always thought to himself if I was playing here we'd be winning this game and I think Rooney kind of had that bit of a mentality to him that, you know, without me, the team's going to fall apart. And so he, mm. he put this pressure on himself that he had to be there. He had to be back. He had to had to be in the squad and he had to he had to do all the running and all the work. Mm. And especially in the later years, you know, you're just like after Fergie left. And I, I don't want to get too much into it now because we'll get into mm. it when we get, do that part. But I think he did do a lot of running back there that he probably shouldn't have been doing. But mm. I think there was probably a bit of fear in him that, you know, well, if I don't do it, who's going to? And I, I think that's kind of one of the detriments that he was too much of a team player. He wasn't selfish enough, and I think he, both himself and Ferguson, have said that about him that he wasn't, he wasn't willing to they just, you know, rely on somebody else to do the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, I 100% agree with that, Ted. Mm. 100%, man. Um, yeah, always thought that he, you know, maybe not that he didn't have faith in the others around him, but that. He maybe be he maybe had so much faith himself mm. and so much self belief that he thought I can do this where others can't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was a bit of a bittersweet kind of season for him, as I say. He got his first trophy there, but then for the national side, it just went to fucking absolute shit. And um, we finished second in the league. We got to the fifth round of the FA Cup. Um, we this won. was Chelsea's back to back, wasn't it? Those two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, the, like it was Mourinho's first two seasons, the back to back, all the money had come into the club, and they'd that's spent, right. They'd spent yeah. big, like yeah. So yeah, like it's it's disappointing, and when we look back at that time, we are probably upset with ourselves. Like, oh, I can't believe it's been two years and we haven't yeah. won. But like, there was signs there that there was something starting to click, though. Um, he did. Like um, we had two. We had we had Wayne Rooney, who was still like, well, he he was nineteen in that second season, maybe turned yeah. twenty. Yeah. And we had Cristiano Ronaldo, who was what? Um, about same. that. Yeah, I think he's a year yeah, older, I think. So, like, you have, yeah. you have two players that haven't hit... Not only have they not hit their prime, they haven't even started to hit their prime. They're still young boys. Mm. And they're they're starting in this squad because, yeah, they, they are good enough to, to start in it. But, like, that we saw what they became capable of in the next two you years. could certainly see the signs there anyway for that season the 05 06 so he had 48 appearances scored 19 it was a goals bit of a rebuild, yeah, yeah a and he contributed 14 assists as well so the numbers were still very good for like club there he did have little you know fits and bouts and whatever else but 
he certainly del- uh, delivered enough anyway there were signs there that there was something you know very very positive coming he also won the uh, the PFA Young Player of the Year again he won it back to back but the whole I suppose this, the, the sickening part especially if you're an England fan whatever is obviously whatever happened with the national side but um, he goes into the next season then the 6 7 and actually starts quite poorly. I think this is a carry-on again then from this whole feckin' metatarsal break at the World Cup carry-on. And he actually starts the next season very, very slowly. Um, he goes 10 games. Uh, I've actually got my season mixed up previously. He goes 10 games without scoring a goal. And he, this is where he comes back then. When he does finally score, he scores a hat-trick against Bolton. Um, but then in that second half of the season, I got my season completely mixed up earlier on, apologies. He actually finished the second half of the season then, uh, January to May, scoring 15 goals. And that's where the, the whole Everton badge kissing incident comes from as well in the 06-07 season. So that kind of opened up the can of worms there at that. I kind of got my timelines there completely wrong, apologies for that. Um, so I don't know if you kind of remember during that time. Well, the other thing not to forget is that traditionally at that stage, we were a very poor starting team in the league. Yes. Um, we we regularly didn't get going until you know December January time. Yeah. And we would kick on then. We were always coattailers that we were hanging on. You know, um, August September October November. Mm. If we were in the hunt around Christmas January, put the foot down. All of a sudden we pull. Yeah. But but we did start poorly a lot of seasons. Mm. And 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 it took us a bill. So it wasn't just him. Oh know, no, definitely it was, it was not. The team as no. A whole. Yeah, but again, it kind of shows that form that he has, like the fits and the bursts as well, like with the goal scoring. You know, when he was on it, he was really honest. But then, you know, he would go missing for weeks on end. And I think one thing yeah, that kind of when you look at, like you said, you went ten games there. Do you, like, do you start, like if you have the stats in front of you there, like how many did he have any assists or anything in those first? Oh no, he was still well. give, Yeah, he was still assisting. Yeah, just so the goals the weren't showing up again. He was quite. Uh, we'll always. I think everyone will always say he was always a selfless player. Like you know, he was always. Yeah, setting I, see, it. I think I think that I think that's kind of the issue. Like this is why when we were doing the you know the uh, the lineup, the lineup for the '99 uh, treble winning team and the '08 uh, double winning team. Mm. It's why I I thought you know having him out there on the left mm. is where like you're going on a can of worms with this now with Jono. <laughs> I just I think that Rooney he was too he was too too much wanting to help everyone around him and mm. not selfish enough in front of the nets mm. to, to ever really be our our main man and I, I do think that was kind of the issue that you'll still get like you're still going to get good seasons out of him where he's having you know the goals yeah yeah goals or whatever by the end of the season but he's just he's not and I think that's I think Rashford's kind of similar in a way um, I don't think Rashford is going to be our number one striker for too many years um, I think he I, I, he has improved massively in like before this injury like he improved massively but I just he doesn't feel like a, a, the number one striker for the club he's, he's he's not annoying yeah exactly like he's like he's just not annoying That's, and I, I think I don't think Rooney was ever annoying either I think Rooney was the kind of no. player that you know you'll still get the goals out of him and he does need to play a more forward role than he probably did at times but that you could trust that you know if you weren't getting goals you were going to get the assists mm. he was he was, a, he was a 10 with work rate you know, mm. he was he was a guy that would score and assist in equal measure, and there's very few players that will get fifteen of each. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, like his number, his numbers overall, like his goal involvement, was, uh, like they never showed to be particularly bad. Uh, maybe in the goal scoring com- uh, column, it wasn't always great, but then he at least he was always providing something with assists. 
and um, it, again through all these seasons that we're talking about at the moment the work rate was absolutely never really in doubt not certainly not at a consistent level you might have the odd game you know where yeah but everyone's gonna have the, exactly you know, exactly and that's absolutely like. fair that's absolutely fair like you know um that's that for me is the astonishing part about when you look at the you know the two records mm. you know he's united in england's all-time top goal scorers which i think that's longevity and this is what john always says is the he, longevity and he wasn't a goal scorer yes really which is mm. but i think which, which will show you how good he was yeah i think that there's a lot of this long longevity that gets thrown around but mm. when you talk about like especially at the united at uh, united top goal scorer who was our top one before that and what would like you know Bobby. So Sir, yeah, Sir Bobby, Bobby is like, Charlton, like, yeah, Sir Bobby Charlton was, but like, how many games did it take Sir Bobby? And I know Bobby wasn't our forward. Like, that was longevity. We mm. like, I don't know. We don't seem to hold on to top top strikers for, for very that long. long. Yeah, they seem to get poached from us. So like, you have, you know, uh, uh, like without going too far, like we we brought in Cantona right, and then mm. he he retired Four, suddenly. Five, yeah, about five seasons. Yeah, yeah, he, he retired suddenly. Right then, you have. Van Nistelrooy again the injuries signed a season late because of the injury and then let go probably two seasons early because of the whole thing with Cristiano Ronaldo mm. um, then you have Cristiano Ronaldo who again he could have been our, he would have probably would have been our top goal scorer but he left mm. so like it, it's always going to have to be partially longevity because you know you're not going to score 200 plus goals in two seasons like you know you're going to have to be there kind of 10 years to do it mm. How many players did we have that stayed that length of time that played that more forward role? Um, so we were in the middle of discussing the 06-07 season and something that kind of came to my mind as well when I was reading through the notes and kind of going over the uh, the whole Ronaldo, Ronaldo Rooney career was his uh, fallout from the 2006 uh, World Cup. So what happened was England played uh, Portugal in the quarterfinals of the 2006 World Cup and typical kind of Rooney and kind of the uh, the ups and downs of his career, he ended up getting sent off. But what happened in the lead up to that red card, he basically stamped, I think it was a Paolo Ferreira, I think it was. I stand to be corrected on that. But anyway, he stamped down on him in a kind of a bit of a scuffle, the 50-50, one of those kind of uh, challenges. Stamps down on him. Ronaldo comes charging up. He's pleading with the referee to uh, to send him off. And basically, Rooney is villainised. Kind of similar, I suppose, to what happened to David Beckham in 1998. And you, you kind of, as a United supporter, you had that. Oh, I did anyway, watching it back. Kind of, you feared, you're worried from then going into the next season, the uh, the o, the 06 07 season for Rooney. But also, then what kind of added another element to it was the fact how Ronaldo conducted himself in that match and um, going to the referee pleading for a red card. And I think what the the real knife in the back was that in the moments after that red card Ronaldo was filmed and he gave a little a little wink and a smile towards the, the Portuguese bench so of course then England went out on penalties I think it was 3-1 on penalties and you're going into the new season then with uh, Rooney and Ronaldo having to uh, play together up front for Man United um, and in the course of reading doing my kind of research for that Rooney seemed to take the uh, the high road and there's a few interviews out there of Rooney basically saying that he went to Ferguson and he suggested that they should do um, a press conference to show solidarity that they were united, to use a cliche, and that there was no fallout per se between Rooney and Ronaldo on the back of what happened at the World Cup. And ironically what happened was then from the uh, the 06-07 season then it, that 
relationship is essentially blossoms and they go on to win three titles on the bounce um, and the Champions League and it just goes from strength to strength on the back of that. Is there anything that you guys can remember from that at all from the, uh, the World Cup follow going into the next season at all between Rooney and Ronaldo or just that uh, that paper headline wasn't Ronaldo the winker yes oh yes yes jeez now you're it's starting to come flooding back it's, yeah, it's, I was I kind of surprised. That, really. I remember thinking back to that. I, I was expecting a huge follow. I, obviously, the English England fans were very much against Ronaldo. He got a huge amount of fucking grief for that. And then obviously Rooney as well, in a way, got a lot of grief as well. Nothing to the burning effigies and hangman nooses type stuff that Beckham got. But you were really kind of feared for two of our best young, talented players and what the fallout was going to be in, in the months ahead. Um, did any of us had similar... I kind of think, um, obviously Fergie was the master at it, you know, where he liked to say that, you know, they hate us and he, he did get us to play as a team with our back against the wall like that. I mm. think it kind of ended up galvanising the two lads in the end. And, and you know, they kind of looked around and went, well, we're both getting a bit of shit for this here, you know. Mm. Um, why don't we just fucking stick together and absolutely batter anything we come up against mm. and just shut them up that way. You know? I think he very they uh, yeah I think they very much used that to their strength all right um, yeah. fuel for fire I suppose if you will big fu to anybody else that kind of gave them any grief but yeah say so on the back of that fallout if you want to call it well there wasn't really any fallout this they went on to win their first Premier League title and um, the first of three on the bounce as I say and win the Champions League and. I've, I know of myself, I can kind of vaguely remember and thinking back to that, and I, I had a, a sense of dread in me stomach thinking back to it. Did anybody else feel similar or expecting you know a similar kind of fallout? Um, yeah, I, I was kind of worried at the, like, at the time. I was like, oh, this could, this could be one of them gone because obviously we'd already seen Rude and it's Roy gone. That was exactly my thinking. Yeah. Because it, now obviously it was a very different thing. Uh, like it wasn't a football match that caused that fallout, but I was worried that we were going to have to let one of these two go, or that even if we didn't let them go, that they, you know, they'd be this. Oh well, I'm not passing to him. I'm not. But I, I think obviously there was the stuff with Fergie at United making every United player believe it's us versus everyone, and backs against the wall against absolutely everyone. But I also think that oh. Rooney and Ronaldo both had that hunger and that drive to be the winner mm. and I think they both went into that game and I think if if the shoe had been on the other foot and Ronaldo had, and Rooney had the chance to get Ronaldo himself off he'd have done it as well and I think I think that's kind of why there was a, a blossoming in their like respect and admiration for each other because they both knew that like we're both here we're both winners we both mm. want to win and we'll do so pretty much at any cost there's no friendship there's no oh, well, what if he's annoyed at me at the end of this? If we go on and we win the tournament and we win this, so what if somebody doesn't like me? And I think both of them showed that level of thought and understanding to the game. And because they both thought like that, I think neither of them was annoyed with the other day or just like, yeah, I'd have done it as well. Like, uh, can't be ang- like you can be angry that he did it. But then when you sit down and think about it, you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd have done the same thing. Like Two absolute winners, and they basically, as you say, they kind of agreed on it. Um, pretty much they both would have done the same thing. But uh, yeah. Rooney's numbers that season, again, then were very uh, impressive again overall in terms of uh, goal involvement. Um, so in 06, 07, 55 appearances, 23 goals, 16 assists. 
Um, and that's obviously an improvement on the previous year. It's, it's it's improved year on year. So he went from scoring 17 to 19, up to 23. And again, likewise with the assists. Um, so in his first season, he had eight, jumped up to 14, then goes up to 16 as well. So there's a constant steady improvement there um, with Rooney as well. It is, isn't he? Constantly lot of like stays around the same sort of numbers. Like his involvement in goals tends to be around twenty five on average a season for most of his early you know the career. Mm. You factor in the assists and the actual goal scored. There's that, like there's very rarely that he goes much higher than that in the league, especially. The interesting thing off that season though is that's the first year that Ronaldo outscores scores with the league. Yes. No I will I will add as well Obviously, if you want to say his numbers have improved there, the fact is that he also played more games there uh, than he had previously as well. So 55 appearances, so he had more playing time, more chances to score, more goal chances to be involved in goals as well. Um, but again, he did have like his little bouts where he did go out without goals. But um, again, I think it's always going to come back to that term, the, uh, the mercurial Wayne Rooney, you know. Um, but going on from there, then uh, to the we're in the 07 08 season. Then this is the uh, the league and Champions League winning season. And of course, we kind of mentioned it there just before the break. Um, Ted mentioned it as well that he managed to convince us all in the lineup uh, podcast that Rooney very much deserved to have a spot on the left hand side. Now, I suppose I don't know if you've listened back to that podcast or not, John. But um, I think the thinking behind it was to try and come across with best possible team that we could we could based on form from the players in those two given seasons the treble winning season and the 08 league and champions league winning season and trying to come up with a functioning team as best as we could based on form as well trying to take as many of the boxes as we could you felt quite i believe quite strongly about it that really possibly didn't deserve to be in there you felt maybe nanny deserved to be in maybe on the back of that if i recall correctly or even uh, tevez i think i don't think like i said the chats, I don't think you can really have someone as a left winger for either of those two seasons that played one game on the wing and it wasn't on the left wing. Like, mm. I know Rooney's action style meant he was all over the pitch, but like, if, we're, if we're trying to do something based on it, and that's like, like obviously one of the reasons like, when we were all chatting privately about this was that yeah. oh, you had the where to fit him in. And that, if you're having to find somewhere to shoehorn someone in, it, like, it just illustrates that, like, in those two sides, we had quality, quality players. But is it, it, is it maybe unfair to say he was shoehorning them in more so that... Um, if putting someone into a position they never played... Well, we had a mobile front three. I think this is the point that some of us were making on the podcast. It was quite versatile. Say that again. For the purpose of the Champions League team, it was mm. four four two. Oh mm. no, like he can't be a left midfielder in the classic sense, can he? Yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't playing in the like he's not playing in the like that. That was my point. He's not playing in the ninety two mm. or the ninety nine formation. It's we need to pick these players. We went with a four four two idea, mm. but as you said, Rooney might never have actually played on the left wing. He might never have been on the team sheet as a left winger. But you have put Rooney down as our number nine, our striker. That did not stop the fact that he was out on that left wing like mm. 20 minutes into that game. And that's why I felt it, you could put him out there because it didn't really matter where you put him. You could put him anywhere. He was going to go there. Go there. 
But that's mm. the point. If you're saying that like you're going with a particular formation or whatever, I don't think you can put someone that's effectively then classed as a left midfielder as someone that they've never played as. He's he but certainly even when he but he did he did play it he just wasn't down on the team sheet as the left winger but that he was playing there like he was running down that left wing the whole time he certainly wasn't a winger in the traditional sense anyway but there's all no. there's been plenty of uh, examples of that and especially in the more recent uh, I suppose the more modern game as well where wingers I aren't suppose... your traditional wingers Sorry, I suppose that's when we when we did this thing when we did the the chat the, the, the two teams you know I had Ronaldo on the left and I had Rooney up top mm. Um and for for a similar reason to, to what Jono was saying, you know, he didn't play games on the left. Mm. You know, we were playing him as a striker who would drop to a 10. Mm. Yes, he would move right. Yes, he would move left. As you said, we had a very mobile front three. Jog my memory again. Who did you have up front then? You had Rooney and who else? Me or John? You, uh, Darren. I had uh, Rooney and Tevez. Yeah, um, I suppose the argument I think that we had back then as well, they were quite similar. They, they were very similar in, in styles of play and the areas maybe the pitch that they fell into as well. See, there was a, there's, there's a conflict there wherever you, if you put him on the left or you say he's a centre forward, there's a clash no matter what. So he's, he's not a traditional winger, obviously, we all know that. But we, no, he's, not, we, he's we, not a winger. And actually, since, since Jono made the point about Nani, mm. I went back and had a little look. Mm. Um, oh, he was fantastic that season. Yeah, he was excellent. Well, one thing that I'll he touch on on that, um, yeah, one thing I'll touch on on that, uh, the double winning season then as well of oh seven oh eight, I'm actually kind of forgot about. It. I knew he was in and out of the side and he was kind of getting shifted around and what whatever else, but he actually did his metatarsal in um, that season as well in oh seven oh eight. Uh, at the start, he had the six weeks out injured. That was the, the red and injury that I was on about. So he missed um, pretty much the start of the season. He came back for a few weeks, um, had a few games, and then on the 9th of November, he picked up another injury, and he was out for two more weeks. And then again, then he had a viral infection at the start, or kind of in around the mid of December as well. So from August up to the new year, he was pretty much an unknown in the double winning side. But he kind of comes back well in the second half of the season, and he starts to deliver then, and he really kind of pushes us on then, you know, that second half of the season a bit. Um, Obviously, we win the league and cup or the league and Champions League double. Um, he managed to score 18 goals that season, 14 assists. But he's completely, obviously, overshadowed by uh, Ronaldo, who does absolutely fucking romps home with 42 goals. The World Player of the Year, the league. He he just he was just fucking sensational. We were pretty much a one man band in the attacking sense with Ronaldo up there. Um, he was very much overshadowed completely that season. Um, anything else to add to that or? It was the fun thing with the 07 08 season is, I think, like, obviously, we fell into it by accident because of Rooney's injuries. Mm. That mixture of him and Tevez as centre forwards mm. actually allowed us to get away with playing Ron the way we did. Because those two, like, as a like pair for a work rate, I don't think we've ever had a forward pair that worked as hard as those two. Definitely not. Like, no. Tevez was. Largely speaking, second choice to Rooney for that season. When mm. Rooney was fit, Rooney was one of the first names on the team sheet. Mm. Like the the incredible thing with it was though, like when all three of those played in tandem, you could you could see how much they worked for each other. And I think that was the year that Rooney had a ridiculous return rate for assists, wasn't it? It was like sixteen. 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You you seen the similar thing, and like obviously when we were discussing it, whether like he was here, there, you, like you can see similar start positions regularly between him and Tevez and even Ronaldo for that matter that they would interchange so well but like where Ron might be more selfish like save his energy you'd see Tevez and Rooney regularly charging down teams or charging backup players I think it was one of the few years like in Fergie's later times that we actually managed to press teams really well like and that was despite uh, like midfield that was sort of battery because we had so many players that played centre midfield together that year like we almost went through all the door of partnerships we never had any particular settled team and even then we were sort of seeing skulls being protected that year as well that he was starting to have less appearances in that, like in that little time period, obviously gigs himself as well, like the evergreens, if you will. There's a lot of stick and passes in that midfield that season, and it really there was a lot of stick and passes in the midfield that season, and only for the three lads up top. And you, you know, as you said, you two lads, Rooney and Tevez, doing the work of three men, giving Ronaldo the role, and you know, you only really needed runners behind them, you know, as in. Our back four was so good, and Van der Sar as well. We only needed, like, I wouldn't describe the Liverpool midfield now as a great midfield by any stretch of the imagination. We've got a very good back four, we've got a good keeper, as we did in 08. Mm. We've got three lads up front that interchange very, very well. It's quite a similar team when you look at it like, in that sense, you know? Yeah, it does remind me a lot of it, all right, when I look at the Liverpool team now. The way they play as well, and counter-attack as well, you've, some of the you've goals. Got, you've and... got Firmino, and you've got Mane doing an awful lot of the work. Yeah, protecting Salah the back line as well. Yeah, Yeah, you've got the, you know, you've got the, the two, uh, the right and left back as well, um, getting forward and stuff like that. You've got midfield workers. They're not necessarily outstanding footballers. Like, mm. No, they're not. They're um, really I... not. No, they're not. And I think that 08 season, I think that if you had any other two players up front with Ronaldo, he doesn't hit 42. I'd probably agree with that as well. The I, work, think yeah. as, as good, I think as good yeah. as Ronaldo is, if you don't have two people, like every game, every time we hit the ball and we're running forward, you've got Rooney and Tevez running the channels. And you have to cover them because if you don't cover them, Ronaldo will pass it to them. Mm. And when he passes it to one of those two in front of the net, like... Your money's on that they're going to score, so you have to cover them. And then when you cover them, you'd have left the space open for Ronaldo to shoot from twenty-five out, like, and he does, and he scores it. So I think without those two, like without Rooney's work rate and Tevez's work rate, I don't think we, that season goes that well. Like regardless of how well Ronaldo did, I think you needed those two. Like they were they were paramount to the season doing well. And I think that's. That's kind of what I was saying with Rooney, that even when he's not the headline, mm. if you take him out of a team, I think he's. I think you lose a lot by taking him out of those teams as well. It's the worst team for not having him, are th- yeah. yeah, I think Ronaldo was definitely, uh, just to emphasise that, I think he's very lucky with the supply that he got. Um, like you had Rooney, um, you know, hitting double figures for assists. Nani hit double figures for assists. Giggs actually hit double figures for assists that year as well. Tevez... Like the work rate, um, even Anderson, the likes of Anderson as well, you know, chipping in, ever had a few, and 
like the supply into into that into the box, you know, up to the front three was absolutely fucking. He was spoiled for choice. He really was. The other thing is, and as good as Ronaldo is, and you know, he's a phenomenal player. Throws an awful lot of darts. You know, yes. Throws an awful lot of darts. They are going to hit the points. Well, I actually found a stat link as well. Like it was absolutely insane. Like that somebody threw all the the stats together for the for that oh seven oh eight season, and Ronaldo had over two hundred shots. I think it was. I think in the league or something. I think it was something like that. And it was just it was double base. I had a quick look at it. It was more than double what Rooney had. Who was next in line, so it really shouldn't come as a surprise. I think. And I, there's a very famous quote about. Um, I think it was Fergie who said it as well. Like I don't know word for word, but he was saying like he just get it to Ronaldo, like and he will. You know he actually he stressed to me that he wanted him to take as many shots as as possible. Like you know pot shots, yeah. as you say, throwing darts from all over the bloody pitch. Like you know sometimes it did work and it was great when it did, but he certainly had a luxury. You know he was, you know Everton went through I, him. Everton. I remember a game we played at Proy Park against Derby. It was late on in the season, and. I think we, we either beat them 1-0 or we might have got two late goals. But for 70-odd minutes, mm. he literally threw the kitchen sink at them on his own. Mm. And eventually he got the goal and you were just thinking... I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I vaguely remember It was right he at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Right at the end. And he just kept going. And it was shot after shot. They were getting bodies in the way. He was hitting woodwork. The keeper was making saves. He yeah. was wood. And he just kept going. And eventually put one in and was the one that got us over the line. You just think, Jesus Christ, man. He just, you know, just had nothing in him that would give up and say, you know, and you say that to, again, I would use it with kids quite a lot. I'd say, if you miss, if you miss the shot, don't worry, just take it again. Yeah. Just keep going. Because yeah. if you miss it enough, you're going to make it eventually. Yeah. And he was, I think, he was, sorry, I, I, yeah, as I said, I think this was kind of the, like, this was the big difference in, Ronaldo is that he was taking all these shots out. and I, I do remember in that season and like this, about the season before and that 08 season that I kind of felt with Ronaldo sometimes I was like we'd be it didn't matter because we were winning enough games anyway but I was like we'd be winning more games and be more comfortable in games sometimes if he just passed that ball and I remember being frustrated by it because I was like what is wrong with this lad like <laughs> sometimes sometimes you know you're you're 30 yards out and yeah. you know Rooney's on, he's there, there's no one marking him, just give him the ball and he'd shoot it. And if it went in, you're like, oh, that was the right decision. But as he said, he, he's taken an, an, like, an insane amount of shots to score the odd few. And I didn't, like, you can't take that away from Cristiano Ronaldo, he's one of the few best players. Definitely of this generation, probably the, probably of any generation, himself and Messi are up there as two of the very, very best ever. Mm. But that's... There's like there was a very big selfishness in Ronaldo at times to take those shots, and sometimes I just think sometimes you don't need to do them like yeah. And when they when they come off, you know, then no one questions it, and they came off enough from that people did stop. But um, I think like you, you see players do that now, and they get if it doesn't come off, you get absolutely murdered for it. And that was something that Rooney didn't really do too often. Like I know we've seen the shots where he takes them from the halfway line and. In his own half and stuff, but those are like once offs. Like he might do it once in the entire game, and I think he scores nearly all of them. Like mm. the, like from the halfway line, I'm not saying from outside the box, but when he does take those shots, they tend to at least, at the very least, be on target. Whereas Ronaldo would sky a lot of them, put mm. a lot of them miles wide, um, and I think that just showed the difference in how the two of them viewed their role in the team. 
that Rooney was always willing to to do what it took for the team and not be the star. Mm. And I think that's something. I think that's. I think he sometimes gets overlooked a bit for that on how good he was, because we talk about like there was talk about you know, was he ever in that bracket with Messi and Ronaldo? Truthfully. But that's what I was going to ask next. I was, I've got two more questions kind of in my head yeah. that I was going to line up next. Yeah, uh, true, since true, you've kind of t- could be, yeah, I'd, I'd say he could have been had he put in as much work as the two of them, and had he adapted his game to to do what he was being asked to do, mm. then yeah, maybe he could have been, but he didn't. He now, when you say he didn't put the work in, do you mean as no, in? I, I don't mean work, but adaption. Like he was told, stop going back as much as you're going back. Stop dropping right. to the halfway line. And he didn't adapt his game. Whereas you look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, who we bought as a winger. That's what he was. He was an out-and-out winger when we first bought him. And how do you feel then, say... The reason why I asked about the... um, You're you're more kind of gone on with the adaption and maybe less of the work rate out and being maybe a bit more selfish and a bit more direct. What I would maybe touch on as well is, in around that time as well, it probably wasn't as prevalent, but I've no doubt it was still ongoing. Things like drinking and smoking as well and... You look at is is really one of those kind of um, yeah. Him yeah, and Ronaldo were at the opposite ends of the scale. Like Ronaldo's yeah. a bronze fucking Adonis. Like he's he's like a, a Giorgio Armani supermodel. Like he's pristine and the guy's chiselled. He's he looks like a chiselled god. And then you got Rooney, who just looks like an ogre, who's just a big yeah. ginger-headed, bald, and you know, muscle-bound. You know, physicality. He's he was the opposite end. You know, he was your yeah, he your was council stage. He was he was taking kind of liberties in the off season, and you know, I presumably they all do. Even the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo take a little bit of liberties. You know, I'll get a takeaway tonight that I never would have got during the season mm. because he didn't do that. And like Luke Shaw gets crucified for it now, but I think the reason Luke Shaw gets crucified like crucified for it now is that Luke Shaw comes back and. He's not the player that Wayne Rooney ever was. Well, He's this is what player. I was just going. I was completely. You never. You didn't expect. And you. And you, you. When we signed Shaw, you didn't expect him. Or the, the emphasis was never him to be this great hope, to to, to be no, at the same level of a Ronaldo or a Messi or you know. No, it wasn't. But with like, Rooney, it certainly was. We thought that we could possibly have you know this genuine, George Best level type player. You know. Uh, Ronaldo and I'm on about Ronaldo 9 uh, Ronaldo then that he played with Messi this is what, yeah. the, what the expectation was with Rooney and he never frustratingly lived up to it he was always that step down and I think that's a huge pet peeve or maybe a bit of a, an annoyance with John as well I think that yes wakey wakey John he was a football player wasn't he yeah he was willing to you know in the off season, he kind of took his time and he just did what he wanted. But he had the natural ability to like come back to a season, and he was that naturally good. That didn't matter as much. Which Luke Shaw isn't. Luke Shaw isn't as natural as he he is. Which is why when Luke Shaw comes back overweight, so, people care about it more because he doesn't he, he doesn't have that ability to be as good as Rooney was. Like a bad Rooney is still better than like. So between the years of, say, 04 and 08, I know it's a little bit of a spectrum there, but Gary Neville and uh, Jamie Carragher rated um, the UK's, Great Britain's greatest uh, football teams over a three-year period. Okay, I'm going to be a little bit more sneaky here. Say over a four-year period, just how good would you, in your opinion, did you rate uh, Rooney in that time frame? Was he genuinely the world's best? Was he 
worthy of being in that discussion to be say you know in the top three players of the world in that kind of time frame um how would you rate it yourselves top three forwards like or and just players in the world you know yourself generally speaking like when you go for the ballon d'or or whatever you're always kind of talking to, generally speaking it's going to be the attacking players so you're talking you know the like at that time it was torres i think around that time drogba was around yeah, there probably, as well probably talking he was in the top 10 players in the world I don't. In the top three. You don't I think, think he ever delivered into the top three then at that point? Not for me. I think if you take the likes of Ronaldo and Messi out, like if you just said in those couple of years, right, used to, you're not allowed to win the Ballon d'Or, right? <laughs> well, they're on a different level. The is nobody else is getting it. So you two are now out. You aren't allowed to play anymore. You know, you, you two are too good. You have been promoted into your own division over there. Right, you just you two will just go against each other because no one's going to beat the two of you. And I don't think anyone did. Like Kaká took it in. Ronaldinho no got it in 05. I'm just looking here. I think Kaká got it in 06. He tore us a new one in uh, in the Champions League. I think it was in 06, right. 07. Right. So then, from from when Ronaldo or Messi first won it, Cannavaro won it in 06. So who when I think Ronaldo or Messi won it, then Kaká won it. Did he? Um. Before the two boys. Did Cannavaro not win it off the back of Italy winning something? Yeah, it was it was Ronaldinho in 05. It was um then it was Cannavaro in 06. Then in 07 it's Kaka and then in 08 I think then it's Ronaldo. Then it is Ronaldo it's then right, obviously. Right. Yeah, it's Ronaldo in 08. And from that time that Ronaldo wins it, how long is it before anyone other than Ronaldo or Messi wins that Ballon d'Or? Well, this is it. They went on to another level. But the thing was, and I think. I mean, so if you took the two of them out, right, and you just say, right, you two aren't allowed to play anymore, you're <laughs> We're not allowed to play anymore, you're ruining it for the rest of the boys. Does Rooney get disgusted up there? Is what I think you're kind of asking. The next the next level down, I think it is, it's very difficult to try and compare players to those level. two. Nobody's on the level of those two. Could Rooney have reached. There was a time where I thought Rooney could have. Well, this is the frustrating thing, is what I'm trying to get at. And, and do you not. I suppose the frustration, you know, that he didn't take that next step up. Step up. Sorry, go on, John. Yeah. Sorry, he never like the step that we see, like sort of Ronaldo Messi side take. Mm. The expectation was that Rooney was there or thereabouts because obviously those three all similar age, similar yeah, act like that. Like they were just unique in their build and their abilities. Mm. Like. We didn't see anyone else like Messi where they're five foot nothing that have all those attributes. We've never seen anyone like Wayne where he looks more like he's a front row rugby player than he looks mm. like that baller. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyone like that where they could do all those things and produce on a regular basis. But the thing for me always with Rooney, and I feel sorry for him in a way, is that when Rooney was at his best he always seemed to have someone that just came along that did it a little bit better and took like, the spotlight off a little bit yeah like if we're comparing as like a attacking player in the premier league like up until ron hit his 41 best like attacking player in the premier league throughout rooney's time where everton or us was on mm. there was no one that touched on like goals was or steven like this I think he was well this is what I'm trying to compare I know you're kind of going overlapping almost say two generations in a way I don't know if that's the right term because you, as you said you have your Henri your Torres your Drogba and then you're getting into Ronaldo and Messi then just at the back end of where, where we're kind of cutting off this podcast 
it's not a, like if we look at Rooney's career, I don't think it's until 2010 that he actually hit 20 in the league. From mm. number right. Yeah. And then he did it once more in his whole career. But beyond that, I don't think he ever hit 20 goals in the league. Mm. I think Hoyas was 17 one year. And that was the second or third season he was with us. Yeah, it's 17 or 18 he hit there. I just mentioned a little while ago. Um so he, nobody really believes he was in that top kind of three bracket then, like genuinely I, I, in the run. I do think, I do think, I do think there for a while he probably would would have been like if you're talking top two or three, the top two is just Ronaldo, Messi, right? So if you, the only way you can discuss him now, just bear in mind as well, Ted. Sorry for the question. It is that time frame of 04 to 08 as well. Now, now he did have better seasons, say nine nine ten, and I think it was the eleven twelve season or the ten eleven season, should I say, um, where he hit as John yeah, said the, mean, the thirty if goals. You're taking, if you're taking the 04, 05 season, he's mm. a 16, 17-year-old kid. Mm. I know. No one's, yeah. no one's the best player in the world when they're 16 or 17. Mm. Like, they, it, they have the potential to be. So I think by the time you can start looking at him, would he have been up there? You have to have let him mature a bit in the league. So I mm. don't think I don't think you can fairly say it until about the 07, 08 season. Mm. And by that point, you are being hit with Ronaldo and Messi like, He's not going to be bet like a seventeen. If Ronaldo's only came to four in that point, you, Ronaldo on his own, right? Like mm. up to that point, people and I think Ferdinand has in his book. They all thought Rooney was the better prospect. They thought he'd go for yeah. Oh yeah, and that, that's my point. Like though, but Ronaldo was still he's around the same age, so you know you were never going to see how good he could be at you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. And- the it's sad awesome. thing about it is as well, Ted, sorry, you just mentioned it there as well, like that when Ronaldo won it in 08, what ironically coincides and has absolutely nothing to do with her as well, but I think Rooney started to take it. It's kind of really weird. I'll, have to, I'll go into it more in the next podcast. But he got married in that summer of 2008 and then he was seen in Vegas and on the holidays going around Vegas on the strip getting shit-faced and um, he was out at the pool smoking and all the rest of this and there's all these photos coming on the back of his honeymoon and it started to go down that dodgy road. Now, the ironic thing is that he did have then his two most productive seasons, but sandwiched in between all that, then he had a couple of injuries and then these stories of getting drunk, you know, the boxing match and all that's later on in his career with Phil Bardsley, you know, the England thing at the at the wedding um, reception or whatever and all, they just seem to happen more and more and more frequent. And his physical attributes waned, you know. It's just kind of really ironic that he had his two most productive seasons when probably physically he started going off in a completely different direction, which is kind of really weird. It's it's just typical of, of but like how, how I feel when you think about when his, his whole career overall with uh, Rooney. Yeah, I think the thing is, though, that it's the kind of person... It's, it's personalities, like... So, Ronaldo is just this driven personality. It's just... He mm. has to be the best at everything. Like that's the drive. He but has. weren't we also saying that though about Rooney that he's a winner that no matter what happens no, out on the pitch so he all. No, I think Rooney's a little bit different. Like Rooney's driven to win, but he's not mm. driven to be the very very best. Individually, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's driven as a team player to win. Like this team, like I'm part of this team, and this team needs to win. But Rooney's a bit of a bad boy. Like he always was. Like he had that mean. He had that aggressive, angry streak in him. Like this, he always had it. And like, one of my favorite goals is the one in, uh, I think it was 05 or Newcastle, where he's arguing with the ref. Yeah, yeah. He's just obviously so pissed off that when this ball comes to him, he just, like. It's, it's an like, absolute thunder bastard, as they call it. Everything 
everything that's annoyed him for like the last two years, he's just mm. like, right, this football is now everything that's annoyed me, and he just rockets it yeah. as fast and as hard as he can into the top corner. And I think that's the difference that Rooney is a very, like, he's more of an emotional mm. player. Like, there's an aggression, there's an emotion in his play, whereas Messi is, there's, there's no amount, like, Messi's like there's no emotion in Messi. He's just so technically gifted that it's just like I'm not saying he's not emotional about it. Like he is, he's obviously invested. And he still wants to win, and the same like Ronaldo. It's all you can see the difference, obviously, between a Rooney and and, and a Messi. Yeah, like, they, they are completely a polar opposites. Um, John, you were going to come in there as well, were you? Sorry. They can use it to draw it themselves. He mm. can't. Mm. He's not the better of them regularly. Yeah. yeah. I think you saw through his career, especially like on the pitch. Even the early on, like we always we talked about that first red card with Villarreal clapping. Yeah. Like it, it, there's sometimes his game intelligence and his own personal intelligence disengage from each other. If that makes sense. Mm. He, like, yeah. Are like such a. It's a bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Really, sometimes when you look and think about it all. His football and brain was brilliant at times, mm. but he was also brain dead as well. Mm. And like yeah. I think that's part of why he never made those jumps because his own lack of discipline away from things very much went against all the effort and work rate and how hard he wanted to train and stuff mm. like that. And eventually, like, as with everyone, the body just has enough. It, it can't keep working on those two levels. And I think that's why we've seen the guys that are more professional that had a similar level of hype and expectation around them go up a level whereas Wayne sort of stayed the same mm. and then like when he had an injury he couldn't recover from there was that gradual decline that like obviously for United fans caused so much frustration over the years because you're sort of still thinking of him or uh, seeing glimpses of what he was capable of but he wasn't capable of doing it on a consistent basis mm. I do feel sorry from around the injuries like the metatarsal injuries kind of tie in directly not always I'm not going to say it is but sometimes when he had his metatarsal injuries there was a direct drop off in form as well and I think it's like what Darren said in the first half that he's the kind of player that needs to play consistently you know he did have good numbers in terms of playing but if he went you know a week to well two, let's say two to four weeks maybe six weeks out of the game it took him that equal amount of time just to try and get back to where he wanted to be and then you're talking another two three games on top of that then he's really kind of fucking you know hitting fifth gear and he's back where he wants to be and then boom something happens again to him like it's it's quite funny that we started off obviously with the with the format we were using we were talking about the the football on channel four he's a modern day gaza for me you know, really you think yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's a destructive personality for himself. Yeah, like. he has. Yeah, 100%. Would you go as far as Gaza? Gaza is very extreme out there. Now, I know Rooney has had his moments. Yeah, Gaza's very extreme because Gaza's had longevity of it, but Rooney hasn't even left the game yet. Mm. And he's already had quite a quite a number of incidents, you know? Um, this is what really pissed me off. I think it was just with setting up the forum. It was a really bad timing that I set up in 2015. And he was well and truly, you know, he was at least a year two years past his absolute best like that's been very generous like that's been really fucking generous he's probably three years gone past his best at that point and yeah. and then you're tying in the stuff that's happening off the pitch it's infuriating Gaza had a career that was seven eight years still up at the top mm. like, like and that's despite everything we know about his own personal life so they are sort of 
in a way very similar. That, yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think the way even you know the way they're built, the way mm. they you know they're street foot they're street footballers. Mm. They play football. You would play on the street with three kids around you. Their elbows, their shoulders, their you know, um, how they take bumps, everything like that. They they have that sort of thing that I want to be able to do everything myself. Score the goal, take the throw in, take the penalty, win the mm. penalty. You know, they're 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 very very similar characters for me. And I will not be surprised if in years to come. You know, I think Rooney, for me, treads a very uh, a very thin line at times. Mm. You know, I think herself probably does everything she can to keep him on one side of it. And I think he's got the devil on the other shoulder, which is telling him, come on, pal, over here, you know? Well, this is why I was trying to touch on the the uh, the controversial side of things. You have, like, every bit around him seems to be controversy uh, controversy around him like with his agents like I, I, I'm going to put the link in about that the whole spiel about his agent as well put it into the podcast link um, when we post it to the group and I'm sure it's very interesting read um, with gangsters involved around London and all that in the dealings to try and you know get that deal done to United and everything else Um but then you have all the stuff like the, the granny shagging and all, to, to put it bluntly. And then they had the other affairs then as well, kind of between, I think it was 04 and 08. Later years as well. Yeah, there was all sorts. There was a few different browsers like in between all that time and all this kind of going on. You have the drink and the smoke and, you know, and then this new kid, you know, Ronaldo just kind of comes out of nowhere and completely goes on to another spectrum. Even though the expectation was Rooney was going to be on that level with many of the players, but I'll try and finish it on them. Um, I'm just kind of mindful of the time here. I'll try and finish it on a positive note. Uh, on a positive note, so between '04 and '08, what's your highlight for Rooney there? What stands out to you? Just blew you away, John. Um, to be honest, with you, it has to be that Champions League. The hat trick. No, no, no. The Champions League team itself. Like, oh, sorry. Well, I'm on about just kind of for Rooney. What mo- moment for Rooney? Is there anything in particular that stands out for you with Rooney individually? To be honest, my favourite Rooney moment yet to come. I think it would probably be the same given who it's against. Man City bicycle kick, was it? Yeah, of course. All right. Jeez. I'd be with Ted. It'd be the volley for me. The volley against Newcastle at that point. Up until 2008, I think that volley is the... like That's my favourite goal up until that point from him. It's, um, it's probably it's probably my favourite goal from him not in terms of like what it's worth or anything because it wasn't worth a whole lot to be honest we were winning the game anyway weren't we I think 2 yeah, or 3 nearly it wasn't, even. it wasn't worth that much it was just the technique the technique and just like it just showed it, it showed everything that Rooney was yeah I think that's what it is I think that's what it really is fantastic fantastic technique mm. insane like natural ability and then it just shows that there's this there's this animal inside them, like this, this root, like this aggressive, self-destructive to the point, like Jekyll and Hyde. Like when he's over there arguing with that ref, like that ref can turn around and go, "Listen, you're off. off. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sending you off now. You've been annoying me for the last 30, 40 seconds over something mm. that happened two minutes ago. Leave mm. me alone." Mm. And that's just who Rooney was. There was, he was just slightly self-destructive, but had all the natural and technical ability about him. Which is why I do think people thought he was going to be the one to step up to that next level more than Ronaldo. Ronaldo was just kept himself on the straight and narrow a bit more, and maybe that's to do with like I don't know a whole lot about Ronaldo's upbringing or anything, but like it could be to do with his upbringing. It could be to do with it's just a natural personality thing. Some people just are more self-driven than others. Like mm. doesn't like you could have all the natural talent in the world and just 
not be self-driven enough to, to ever reach it. And I think that maybe Rooney never needed the spotlight. And okay. I think that probably hurt him a bit. Okay. Whereas Ronaldo always craved it. Rooney craved winning. And it's I kind of say the same with Messi. Messi doesn't crave to be the one in the spotlight. Okay. Darren, you have uh, anything to round out there? Um, I'm not sure timeline-wise. Obviously, the Newcastle goal was massive for me. But timeline-wise, he scores a brace against AC at home. Yes. Um, to win the game 3-2. Yeah. That was a highlight for me, but I'm not sure if we're pre or post that now. That's 06-07. Um, yeah. yeah, and Kaká's horse fucking a party did. He That's scored four good. goals in the two games, I think it was. Yeah, the, the first leg, I think we won 3-2. He scored yeah. the winner, which is at the near post. Yes. Um, it actually reminded me a bit of the um, Ronaldo when he scored a hat-trick against us, and that was posted about a week or two back, and John used the perfect term saying that it was opportunistic. He kind of... Uh, he bet him at the front I don't know how to describe it it's just literally first touch hit it boom gone right underneath the keeper yeah, the front he, hit post. It, he hit it before the keeper set his feet yes exactly yeah it was a nice finish a really good goal um, it's a great finish yeah yeah but that, that was I loved that I really enjoyed that because mm. I think at that stage we were kind of on the uh, trajectory wise we were on the way up definitely and you can yeah. see we were we were getting closer and we were getting closer or again, if you keep knocking on the door, hopefully it was going to open and we got there the, yeah. the season or two later, you know? Good stuff. And as I say to you, I'm mindful of time here. We've really kind of overdone it. Um, but, geez, and to think of it, we're only halfway there. So I'll kind of wrap things up. I'll just say uh, thanks man, for your time, gents. Very much appreciated. Lots more to come on Rooney anyway from uh, 09 up to probably 2016, 2017 and probably beyond. Thanks a million, guys.